relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. One of the biggest problems in America today is the lack of the one virtue that makes all the other virtues possible, and that is courage. Welcome, dear friends, to a very special one-on-one with a, a lady who exemplifies what courage looks like and standing up to those who want to denude us and our children of our civil liberties. Here's a little reminder of who this woman is. I spent almost 23 years at Levi's and was positioned to become the next CEO. But in February 2022, I walked away from Levi's. My crime was speaking out publicly about the real damage that was being done to our children in the name of safety during the COVID-19 pandemic. My views and social media posts enraged a woke mob of employees and anonymous social media trolls My advocacy for public school students risked exposing the fact that the children of these Levi's executives had been attending in-person schooling almost the entire time at elite private institutions, all while they supported public school shutdowns. That lady is Jennifer Say, former executive with that American company, that legend that is Levi's. Let me just read a few things about her. Jennifer Say, American author, filmmaker, business executive, and retired artistic gymnast. She was the 1986 USA Gymnastics National Champion, seven-time member of the U.S. Women's National Team. Her first memoir was Chalked Up. And now we're going to talk about her new book. Let's put it up on the screen. Levi's Unbuttoned, The Woke Mob Took My Job But Gave Me My Voice. That's a great title. Jennifer Say, welcome back to America First. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. All right, let's, so let's talk a little bit about you first, um, because you have this amazing athletic career, but you also have this life in corporate America. So explain to us uh, those two lives, how they melded and how you ended up at the top of one of the most famous companies in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I had an unusual childhood. Um, I was an elite gymnast, as you mentioned. I was a. I made my first national team at 10 years old and was on the national team until I was 18. Won uh, the title of national champion in 1986. I suffered a lot of terrible injuries, a broken femur, femur, two broken ankles. I trained on broken bones. Um, And ultimately, I left the sport despite my successes feeling fairly broken and ashamed. Um, It's a very cruel and abusive coaching culture. And ultimately, 20 years after I left the sport, I continued to suffer from that night. And that's why I wrote the book. 
it was it was a memoir and it was really just my personal story, but it was reflective of the broader coaching culture. And I will tell you, uh, it was not well received by the uh, Olympic movement and the gymnastics community at the time. They were not ready for what I had to say. And I was smeared for the first time as a grifter and a liar, but ultimately was redeemed uh, in 20 around 2018 when Larry Nasser went to prison for life. And for those that don't know, he was the team doctor for Team USA gymnastics for over 30 years and sexually abused hundreds and hundreds of young athletes. And it was known by the powers that be in the sport and they brushed it under the rug. They sacrificed children. Uh, so ultimately I was redeemed and, you know, folks came to my side to say they'd agreed with me all along, which was a lie, but, you know, I welcomed them to the fight. <laughs> um, but I started working at Levi's in 1999. You know, I spent most of my professional life there. I was an entry level marketing assistant when I started, worked my way up to chief marketing officer and then ultimately brand president. And I loved the company and the culture and the product. I'd worn the product since I was six years old. Um, I traveled to Moscow in 1985 for the first ever Goodwill Games and packed my suitcase with lots of 501s and traded them with Russian athletes. I mean, they were a symbol of freedom the world over. Uh, and uh, what so did you get great. in exchange? I need to know, because Marlboro cigarettes and Levi's, that was the currency behind the Iron Curtain. What, what were you being given? Bottles of potato vodka? No, I didn't bring cigarettes. Um, I just brought the Levi's, but you're right. Uh, I, I, you know, the Russian gymnasts were the best in the world at the time. And I traded uh, the jeans for leotards and track suits from the Russian national team and pins and all kinds of memorabilia. That's what I got in return. All right. We're going to talk about what happened to you at Levi's in a moment. We're going to talk about the Larry Nassar scandal and whether it's reflexive of a broader problem inside uh, the, the sporting community in America. But let's, let's look at that first book. I'm curious because uh, Chalked Up was your personal experience as a gymnast. Why was it wrong for you to write your story and even before the NASA scandal told us the truth of, you know, the depth of abuse, at least in that one sport? Is this like a club? Is this like the mafia? Is there a code of omerta and you're not allowed to talk about what it's like to be a gymnast? Apparently, I did not know that. You know, I thought it was an open secret, but apparently it was a secret secret. And keeping those secrets within the community, um, this closed off community of elite gymnastics and, and, the, and that broader Olympic movement, because I think it takes place in sports outside of gymnastics as well. Um, you know, they're willing to sacrifice children for money and medals. Honestly, you know, the image presented by USA Gymnastics is these shiny, happy little pixies bouncing around that brings in sponsorship dollars. They win Olympic medals and that brings in more. If the general public knew the way that these little girls and young women were treated, starved, forced to train on broken bones and in some instances, you know, sexually assaulted, I don't think the sponsors would come to the table with money. And in fact, we saw most of their sponsors leave after the Larry Nasser case broke. So it was really protecting the adults, sacrificing children to protect adults. Well, uh, that theme of sacrificing children uh, continued into what happened with you at Levi. So tell us your story of uh, what it was, what uh, awful sin you committed uh, under the conditions of the pandemic here in America. 
Well, I lived in San Francisco at the time, which is a very left-leaning city, and it had very much aligned with my values or what I thought they were up until that time. But in March 2020, when the schools shut, and San Francisco was the first city in America to shut schools, um, they also shut playgrounds for close to 10 months. Um, basically, anything kids could do was not allowed. Uh, and I was very outspoken about this being wrong from day one, from March 13th, 2020, even before that, really. I asked questions uh, on social media. I attended school board meetings. I wrote op-eds in defense of children. Um, it was very clear from from the first that the risk was very age stratified and that this was going to cause more harm for our kids um, while being completely ineffective and quote unquote slowing the spread. And in San Francisco, schools stayed closed for 18 months, disrupted for two and a half years. And we are seeing the impacts of that now. And like I said, I was very outspoken about this. I was warned time and again that I needed to stop. So let, let, let's, told- let's, let's get into the details. So tell us the first instance. What were you told sure. by the powers that be? And what was their justification for curtailing your First Amendment rights? So I did not get a call until September of 2020. So I'd been at it for six months and hadn't heard anything. And to be honest, I was sort of waiting and wondering when I might. Um, my peer the head of corporate communications called me. We were all working virtual, so nobody popped by the office, you know. Uh, And she said, people are noticing your social media. You need to remember that when you speak, you speak on behalf of the company. And I said, I don't, I'm a mom. I don't have the company or my title and my profile. I'm a mom of four public school children. And she said, well, people don't like it. And I said, I understand that. I don't see really why that matters. Uh, your kids are going back to school at in-person private. Why can't I advocate for the same for public school children? She didn't really have an answer. She asked me to hold the line. I, 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 I said, <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Um, and I said, this was, you know, a continuation of advocacy for children that I'd done in regards to children in the Olympic movement and in sports. And it was too important to me. And I would keep it to kids. You know, I wouldn't branch out beyond that to lockdowns and all the other things I was opposed to. Uh, but that this was too important. Kids' mental health and well-being and learning and development were at risk. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. It was awkward because I, I didn't agree to stop. And I don't think that's what she expected. And then I got a call probably every two weeks for the next year and a half, honestly, from some peer uh, or my boss, the CEO or a board member saying the same thing. And every time I held my ground and I said I wouldn't stop. But, but saying and, what? Saying the same thing that you, you represent our company, therefore you should shut up? What was the logic? Yeah. Wow. That's the logic, that I was a reputational harm to the company. And here's the thing. There was no harm being done to the company. The stock, we were doing great coming out of COVID. I actually got promoted in October of 2020 to brand president, which is what put me in line for CEO. Our stock from the time I took over as brand president till the day I walked out the door had doubled. You know, we emerged from this crisis of widespread store closures, very, very strong, faster than our peers. And, you know, there was this 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 idea that I was going to cause reputational harm to the company. But really, honestly, employees were angry. There was a mob of employees and they were it was a small group. We'll talk about the dynamics of what happened inside Levi's. The book is Levi's Unbuttered. We are with Jennifer Say. Follow her on Twitter. That's Jennifer S.E.Y. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. If you enjoy the show, make sure that you are subscribed. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Podcasts. 
plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First, and leave us a five-star review. It helps with those dastardly algorithms. We'll be back with Jennifer after these messages. Listening to America First One on One with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Jennifer Say. All right, so continue this story, please, Jennifer. You you started talking about what happened inside Levi's that uh, it wasn't a, a damage to the reputation of the company. If you look at the indices of the success and the sales and everything else, everything was going fine. But as we have seen in other instances, it sounds like there was a very vocal, a very noisy, squeaky wheel or a minority. Tell us about the dynamics that, uh, that were occurring inside the company and what they eventually resulted in. Sure. I, I mean, I should note that it's hard for people to understand how uniform the belief was in San Francisco that you know, you could not question any COVID restrictions or any policies that made you a very bad, horrible person. It made you're, you a you're racist. You're a grandma wanted... killer. You're killing grandma. You're also a racist because it meant you wanted all the black children to die oh. because you wanted them to go to school. I know it's a hard it's a lot of mental gymnastics to get there. But that's what I was told. Um, here's uh, in March of 2021, I was invited to go on the Ingram angle on Fox and I accepted uh, because moms like me had been trying to get a national platform and had been unable to. And, you know, I felt telling my story was important. It, these schools had been closed for over a year and there was no sign of them opening. And we saw our kids suffering. Once I did that, uh, you know, employees were already complaining, but that really opened the floodgates, as you might imagine, in a very woke company. And at that point, I was bombarded with accusations of racism. I was asked questions like, are you with us or against us? Are you one of us or one of them? You what, need what, to what does that mean? What, 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 do you have any understanding what they were intimating, what the threat is there? Are you one of us? One of who? And who, who's are you a, Demo- a Democrat? Are oh. you a Democrat? And, and were you? Are you? I was. I'm not now because it's a lie. They're liars. So it escalated. Was this official? Was there some kind of HR action or was this all emails and innuendo and, and uh, Skype meetings? What, how, did, how did this work out? There were, there were emails to HR. There were emails to my boss, the CEO. And again, you're right. It was a vocal and punitive minority. I don't believe it was a lot of people. But at this point, my peers, some of them were against me as well. That first woman that called me, the head of CorpCom, was sending dossiers of things I posted on social media to my boss every day. Um, so they were absolutely going after me and they were tired of me. And, and there was a small group of, you know, folks on social media who would go after me as well. There was a little cohort of gymnasts who called the ethics hotline repeatedly to say Hang I was gymnasts who called the Levi's hotline. Yes, to report an ethics violation. I, if you can explain what my ethical violation was in regards to the business, you know, I'll be very grateful. I still don't know what it was. So what happened? So in, oh, I should tell you, you'll appreciate this. In in the summer of 21, I was forced or I was made to do an apology tour. This is where I was asked, what? are you one of us or one of them? Did, did you have I did to not put apologize. on sackcloth and ashes? Did you have to do like a Maoist bow? What, what, what did the apology Basically. tour consist of? 
Well, what it consisted of for me was explaining myself. I did not bend a knee and I did not apologize. I explained myself. And where did, where did was, they make you go and do this? What was the audience? It was on Zoom because we still were too scared to go in the office it, in the summer of 21. So nobody was in the office. So it was on Zoom with a specific cohort of employees who were particularly upset about my stance for children. And they, they thought you were going to give in and genuflect and apologize, I presume. I did not. I assume that's what they thought. I did not give them that. Okay. And what happened next? <laughs> um, next... In the late summer, early fall, I was actually told by my boss, the CEO, that I was in line for CEO if I would just stop talking about this stuff. I think that was probably a lie to try to entice me to stop talking about it. He said he needed to do a background check on me and my husband. Not sure how my husband is relevant. After, in this hang particular on, after, case. after how many years had you been working there that he needed to do a background check? I'm curious. How, how many years were you at Levi's? 22 and a half at that point. <laughs> It's pro- prob- probably um, probably a lie that he had to do a background check. Oh, a thousand percent. What he wanted was some sort of a packet that had, you know, social media, whatever, that he could use to say, now you have to leave, which is what happened. So in January of 22, he called me and he said, there's no longer a place for you at the company. We'll give you a quote unquote soft landing. We'll give you severance to stay quiet. I rejected that and I quit instead uh, so that I could keep my voice and tell the story because I think the censorship, you know, as much as I was alarmed about what was happening to children and continue to be, it's the censorship and the manufacturing of any sort of consensus that caused this problem. And we need to get back to a culture of free speech. I was not going to allow myself to be silenced. Now, I'm curious because in these cases, there are sometimes um, people who are on your side um, but don't say anything. And there's often people on their side, on your side who say, I'm with you, but I can't say, I, I, I'm too afraid to say anything. Uh, was there anybody around you who had your back? What, what was the city? I no. mean, Levi's is a big corporation. Zero. 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 Wow. And are there, were there people who you considered to be friends and confidants who uh, spurned you because of your attitude to getting children back into school? Yep, I was completely toxic. Everybody distanced themselves from me. I had been a well-liked, beloved leader. I helped people build careers there. I was very invested as a leader and a manager, and I was suddenly persona non grata. Everybody distanced themselves from me, and I no longer speak to anyone there. Wow. Or they don't speak to me. I guess I should should put it that way. Well, you're a brave, brave lady. The book is Levi's Unbuttoned. Uh, You can follow her at Jennifer Say. That's S-E-Y. The woke mob took my job but gave me my voice. Uh, If you enjoy our show, don't forget we are available on all social media platforms that matter. You can follow us on True Social, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram. We are on Power. Get a Telegram, Cloud Hub. You can watch us, yes. We are a television show as well. You can watch us on devices like Roku or just go to SalemNewsChannel.com. And for my personal Substack, I've just written a piece on the truth about Ukraine. You just go to SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. There's one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Make sure you never miss a second of the show. If you are America First as well, 
Well, you should wear those values with pride. No Levi jeans. I haven't bought a Levi's jean since I heard about what happened to Jennifer Say. But there's lots of America First gear made in America at our website. The hottest selling item right now, jointly released with Chris Plant, is the FBI t-shirt, classic yellow on blue. But this time it stands for Fascist Bureau of Intimidation after what they've done to people simply because they spoke the truth, simply because they wanted their schools opened up again. That T-shirt, sadly, is the hottest-selling item. Our latest item is the Elon Musk T-shirt and mug. Are you aware of what he's released under the Twitter files? you got to pay attention. Check out that as well. And then you demanded it. You called into the show. We designed it. And it's available right now, Made in America, the America First Challenge coin with President Trump, our logo, and the Stay Frosty motto. Go to SebGorkaStore.com. So much more, including all of my books. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A Store.com. SebGorkaStore.com. Stay with us for more one-on-one with former Levi's executive Jennifer Say. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented the MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread, the MyPillow 2.0 is the softest and coolest pillow you'll ever own for my exclusive listeners that my pillow 2.0 has a buy one get one free offer with promo code gorka my pillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100 made in the usa and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee just go to mypillow.com click on the radio list of square for the buy one get one free offer enter promo code gorka or call 800-829-8468 that's code g-o-r-k-a goat today. You're listening to America First One-on-One with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Jennifer Say. Now, you, uh, you intersect two stories that have to do with censorship, um, courage, and the hiding of the truth. Of course, the one that made you famous is what was done under COVID to our children, what they lied about, the dangers to, to, to healthy children. The other one has to do with something that's truly horrific, although the ramifications of what they've done to our children will be horrific in 10, 20 years' time, but the Larry Nasser scandal. So I want to talk about that for a moment, and here is... A, a tough clip. It's from one of the victims, Michaela Maroney, uh, speaking in front of the Senate, talking about the powers that be who could have stopped this abuse and did nothing. This was very clear cookie cutter pedophilia and abuse. And this is important because I told the FBI all of this and they chose to falsify my report and to not only minimize my abuse, but silence me yet again. 
I thought given the severity of this situation that they would act quickly for the sake of protecting other girls. But instead, it took them 14 months to report anything when Larry Nassar, in my opinion, should have been in jail that day. Let's be honest. By not taking immediate action from my report, they allowed a child molester to go free for more than a year. And this inaction directly allowed Nassar's abuse to continue. What is the point of reporting abuse if our own FBI agents are going to take it upon themselves to bury that report in a drawer? They had legal, legitimate evidence of child abuse and did nothing. If they're not going to protect me, I want to know who are they trying to protect? Wow, what a question. If they're not there to protect the victims of crime, of sexual abuse and rape, who are the investigators, the federal law enforcement agents there to protect? Now, uh, you've written your first book on your experience as a, as a, a champion, a gymnast that's chalked up. Can, can you just give us um, an inkling, some kind of sense of how for years – this could have happened, that young girls were telling the truth about what was happening to them, and then nothing happened as a consequence, Jennifer? Yeah, I mean, I think all too often we weren't speaking up. You know, it was this very um, sort of closed-off community, and these terribly atrocious, cruel, abusive behaviors were normalized. Uh, but for those who did dare speak up, they were not listened to. I mean, I think in the Nasser case in particular, that was Michaela Maroney, an Olympian, you know, when this case broke, people said, why didn't they come forward? You know, they questioned the survivors. Why didn't you come forward sooner if it was true? You know what? The first victim came forward in 1997 and was silent. She didn't come forward to the FBI. She came forward to local police. Others, every two years, came forward either to coaching staff or the university where they trained. They were always told, you've got this wrong. He's a good man. You've got it wrong. Nobody listened to these young girls and women for over 30 years. And then when we had the best in the world the best athletes in the world report this to the FBI. They did nothing for 15 months. Why? We still don't know why. We still don't know why they did nothing. Now, we know that the head of USA Gymnastics encouraged the local FBI officer to kind of drag his feet a little bit, but we don't know why. I can only imagine there was so much collusion at that point because the head of USA Gymnastics knew about it. The head of the U.S. Olympic Committee knew about it. And at a certain point, I don't want to say the cover-up is worse than the crime because the crime is horrific, but the cover-up was pretty freaking bad and they did not want to be exposed. But they were all very invested in, like I said, presenting this image of shiny, happy little athletes and you know, off to the side, they were being abused. And it's not just the sexual abuse, it's the horrific mental and emotional abuse as well. You mean that the uh, gymnasts like yourself were put under by their coaches? And the national team coaches, coaches like Bella Caroli and a coach I wrote about um, in my book named Don Peters, who's now banned from the sport. My own coaches, uh, the Strausses out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. I mean, they literally starved us and forced us to train on broken bones. We were young girls. Absolutely shocking. The first book, her story of being a champion athlete, what the reality of that closed system was, the abuse that uh, people like Jennifer suffered is chalked up. The new book we're discussing, it leads to an article she's written on uh, woke capitalism, is Levi's Unbuttoned. The woke mob took my job but gave me my voice. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, malodorous, noisome swamp. 
that is Washington, D.C. Relief Factor. Pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating half a million Americans right now, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Yvonne from California. This is Yvonne's story. Both my husband and I are in our 70s and are so grateful to have found Relief Factor. We tried so many other solutions, but none of them have given us the freedom of being pain-free like Relief Factor. Just those two words, pain-free, should be reason enough for you to order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me Yvonne, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. It costs just nineteen ninety-five. If you do the math, that translates to less than a dollar a day. What can you get for less than a dollar a day? Nothing, not even a cup of coffee. Well, you might just get liberated from your daily pain. You've waited long enough. You know it makes sense. Do it today. What have you got to lose? Nothing except for the pain. Call right now, 800-500-8384 or go to relieffactor.com. That number again, 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. We'll be back with Jennifer after these messages. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election story, Main our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from free thinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text ideas to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text ideas to 76626 now for your free report. That's ideas to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. America First. If you enjoy America First, make sure you support those who make it possible. This isn't NPR. We don't get half a billion dollars every year from you, the American taxpayer. This is a free market enterprise. We are very fortunate to have great, great sponsors like Mike Lindell, a friend of President Trump's, a man who the left wants to cancel as well. You heard what the FBI did to him recently, ambushing him at a Hardee's drive through Now Walmart has gone woke. Walmart has gone woke. They have banned his products. Why? Is he an international drug smuggler? Is he a jihadi terrorist? No, he's a conservative, but the more they ban him, the more successful he is. He sold 71 million of the original MyPillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. He's just dropped the 2.0 upgrade. Get yours today with some special BOGO offers. Use my name for up to 66% off the rest of his more than 150 items at MyPillow.com. Get a good night's sleep as well. 
You can call them 800-829-8468mypillow.com, but you've got to use the secret code. It's G-O-R-K-A. That's 800-829-8468mypillow.com, mypillow.com, code Gorka. I have in front of me, we have the, uh, the screenshot for the, uh, the viewers, uh, an article from The Spectator, Sam Bankman-Fried and the scam of woke capitalism. I was just looking up the figures. This guy, this this strange-looking, peculiar individual with his even stranger-looking girlfriend had a net worth, before FTX collapsed, this individual had a net worth of $26 billion as a part of this Ponzi scheme. And he had given in the uh, elections, he had donated, of course, almost exclusively to Democrats, a billion dollars in political donations. I'm not, I mean, can you imagine what you can buy for a billion dollars? Uh, when, when I worked for the Trump administration, his presidential campaign the total campaign was $700 million. It was less than a billion. This guy throws around a billion dollars. So t- talk to us about why you wrote this, this article. And, and it seems to me as if um, woke capitalism doesn't just affect uh, blue jeans. Oh, no, it's widespread at this point. And, um, you know, I think it started in the mid-2010s and it really accelerated in, in, two, in the summer of 2020. But it essentially, and it is uh, much of what the book is about because COVID became the woke stance of the left. COVID locked down forever until there is no more COVID, shut all the kids at home. That somehow became a woke stance. Um, but the wokeness that uh, woke capitalism or corporatism, um, which is something I analyze in the book, is really it's a marketing ploy. You know, it's an attempt for companies to align themselves with the values they perceive Gen X and or not Gen X, sorry, Gen Z and millennials to have to say, hey, we're like you, so you should buy our stuff. While at the same time, not really upholding or furthering these, those values in any way, shape or form. And as we saw with Sam Bankman Freed, it's a way to avoid scrutiny from the press. No one investigates or interrogates his business, which was no, nothing more than a a scam and a fraud and a Ponzi scheme, as you indicated, but because he took all these woke stances, not just by giving to the Democratic Party, but environmentalism and pandemic response, whatever, pre-pandemic planning, all these things, everybody was like, oh, he's a great guy. And they put him on the cover of the magazines and allowed him to line his pockets and, you know, steal from the company and the employees and the people who bought into this service. It's it's gross. And and you know what? These executives love being celebrated as altruistic heroes and they are anything but. That's not what they are. And they, they there is a part of them deep, deep down. They know they're lying. They absolutely right. know they're lying because that is why they have to banish anyone that challenges because they risk being exposed. Um, you know, it's much the way Elizabeth Holmes took these woke stances, was celebrated, and she fired anyone that asked any questions internally because they risk being exposed as the frauds that they are when people are willing to look for the truth and ask questions. And that's what I did. And so I had to go. So I, I'm just, I'm looking at this. I mean, you were there at Levi Strauss for, for more than 20 years. I'm looking at their market capitalization. It's $6.8 billion with earnings of almost $600 million. This is, this is you know, capitalism. I mean, you know, the, the yeah. blue gene is, as you said, during the Cold War, it was a currency. 
in many parts of the world, and the blue jean represented America, along with, you know, the Marlboro cigarette and the cowboy hat and <laughs> rock and roll. It was America. So here's, here's the thing I don't understand. I'm not a businessman. As my wife will tell you, I know how to spend money, okay? Um, why don't the free market forces act as a kind of, you know, when you're at the bowling alley, the bumpers you put up for the kids when they're, when they're bowling? Because it seems to me that wokeness is going to kill the goose that lays the golden egg because people don't go to the store to buy jeans and they're not interested in in being lectured to when they're buying a product so i'm just wondering will will the free market act as some kind of sanity check or or are the c-suite individuals just so afraid of blm and the environmentalists and whatever it is give us your prediction I think they are afraid and they are cowed by, um, you know, these activists and the young people inside the company. I think they're making cowardly decisions in the short term to avoid that sort of blowback from those those groups. And ultimately, I think you're right. Consumers will vote with their feet. But you know, consumers are fickle as well. They get mad about the stances, but if a product really matters to them and is an important part of their life, you know, like their iPhone, then they don't ultimately reject it. It's kind of, it's too inconvenient. And so I think, um, you know, consumers can and should vote with their, their, their wallets. And I do think ultimately you're right. Ultimately, it will start to turn on these companies. I think it will ultimately also start to turn on the banks. I mean, there was just a case. Well, look, FTX is obviously a great example of that. But there's just a a recent case with JP Morgan. Um, They bought a company led by a very young, woke woman, and it turned out to be fraudulent. They spent $170 million, didn't do the due diligence. The company was called Frank. It was supposed to help, you know, low-income kids get into college. And the whole thing was a scam. Well, I can tell you the banks are not going to want want that egg on their face again. They're going to do their due diligence and they're going to start to interrogate, um, you know, the profit and loss and all the things that they need to interrogate when acquiring a company. It's absurd. Uh, But I think it will ultimately fall apart. Look, we're seeing Disney suffer. The other thing I will say is it's a real distraction from the business at hand. I am not, I, I believe in capitalism, make a great product that people want, market it aspirationally in a way that is also honest and treat your employees well. The minute a company says they're trying to save the world and the CEO waves his arm about saving the world, he's lying. (laughs) He's lying. And he's doing something that is corrupt and corrosive off to the side. And you need to pay attention to that. You can change the world as a business leader by changing the lives of the employees that work for you and changing the lives in a smaller way, yes, but for the people that buy your product. Why isn't that good enough? One company that is not woke, it is the antithesis of woke and is fighting wokeness, are our good friends at Patriot Mobile, the only Christian conservative cell phone company in America. If you're with one of the big guys, don't fund companies that hate your values with every call you make, every text you send. Patriot Mobile are on your side. They love America as much as you do. Free activation with my name, special discounts for veterans and first responders, and they've got a performance guarantee. They're connected to the three big national networks. If you have some issue with coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. How's that for a great deal? Switch today, like I did for my whole family. You can keep your old number. 
and join a company that's on your side. PatriotMobile.com slash G-O-R-K-A or call their amazing U.S.-based customer support team 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-728-7468 or just go to PatriotMobile.com slash G-O-R-K-A. Welcome back to America First One-on-One with former Levi's executive, Jennifer Sane. All right, we're almost out of time. Uh, there is a question that uh, I ask many of our guests who have demonstrated their courage and their valor. Uh, I think if I remember well, you're a mother of four. Um, what made you, in addition to the whatever golden parachute they were going to offer you, walk away? I mean, you were on track to become the head of one of the most famous companies in the world. Other, m- many other people would have just kept their head down and said, okay, okay, I'll shut up about schools and about COVID. Will you explain to our three million listeners what it was inside of you that said, no, I'm not going to bend my knee? Yeah, absolutely. People ask me all the time, why is this the hill worth dying on? And my response is, why wasn't it for you? I don't understand it. If you're not worth laying it all out there for truth and for our children, then what are you really about? Honestly, I can't think of anything that is should be less partisan and less political than standing up for free speech and children. And so if you're not willing to put those principles first, then I you have no integrity. And I've always said I'm about principle over party. I am loyal to principle, not party. Um, I haven't really changed much in the end, even though I, you know, am not a Democrat anymore. But I, my values have not changed. I've just seen that they don't support the values that they claim to. So I no longer associate with the party. But honestly, if you're not willing to stand up for kids, what are you willing to stand up for? Nothing. Then you have no integrity. So I wouldn't have been able to look myself in the mirror. It certainly made my life more interesting and difficult, I guess, but it's worth it. And have anybody, has anybody else around you followed your lead Has or somebody said, wow, have they met you in an event and said, thank you, you've shown the way. Have you seen a catalytic effect for what you did? You know, I think from moms, yeah, I get a lot of thanks from moms saying you helped me screw up my courage and stand up and run for school board. What's really alarming is I hear from CEOs a lot who say, thanks for doing this. Thanks for standing up. I can't do it, but I'm glad you did. Why? You're the CEO. Do it. Why can't you do it? You can change the company culture. If you can't do it, who can? And they say things like, well, I'm the breadwinner. Well, so was I. I was the sole bread. I'm the sole breadwinner in my family. At a certain point, I don't have a lot of empathy for leaders who are also cowards, and there's too many of them. There are too many of them. It is up to us, as she said, as Jennifer just said. If you're not prepared to do it and stand up for your children, then you don't stand up for anything. I salute you, everybody listening to this salutes you for your courage. Please get the book right now, Levi's Unbuttoned. The woke mob took my job but gave me my voice. We've been talking one-on-one with Jennifer Say. You can follow her at Jennifer Say on Twitter. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This has been America First One-on-One. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, now more than ever, with the woke mob out there screeching, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give up. And stay frosty.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.